This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 271. Carl Smith on direct hypnosis. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. So you know, the funny thing is I invited Carl back on this program to talk about this concept of being the direct hypnotist, though in my honest opinion, it kind of became the perfect 2020 State of the Union address for the entire hypnotic profession. Hey, it's Jason Lynette here, welcoming you back to the program once again. And we've got Carl Smith from the UK back on the program for the second time. If you want to check out the first time that Carl was on the podcast, that's back in March of 2017, episode number 103, which simply head over to the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com. Find the page associated with this release. You'll see all the details and links over on that page. And really, this concept of being the direct hypnotist, where simply put, we listen to what the client's goals are, we hypnotize them, we deepen the process, and then we directly deliver the experience to, as I would say, let go of what it's time to let go of and build up what it's time to build back up. So the surprising element of this episode is that Carl really gives you a bit of a deep dive in terms of his emotional detox, a strategy that he does, which by the way, yes, we often run into the issue that there's many techniques with similar names. This is not the collapsing anchors emotional detox that was popularized by Michael Elner. This is a different emotional detox, which again, if you're going to name a band, don't call it Hootie and the Blowfish. That name was already taken. Back to Carl. So looking at this emotional detox process, we're in a deep state of hypnosis, simply directing the client to let go of the images, the stories, and the experiences that have been holding them back. And a bit of a through line back to episode number four, the one about the all positive ego strengthening, that as a result of this deep hypnotic process, here's what you're now going to experience. And I think it's where so often my take on this is that in our industry, we often complicate things, which actually might be quite simple, that because this is my whole concept of hypnosis, harnessing phenomenon and hypersuggestibility, this is the whole episode last week with hypnotic priming, that I can give you an instruction, and by following the instruction, you can create this result. And we are calibrating, we're creating that relationship inside of the process, where at times the change can really be that easy. And as Carl artfully points out, the key word there is the word can. Sometimes we may need more advanced strategies. Sometimes we may need more work to address it. Sometimes there's something beneath the surface that also needs to be addressed. And it's where we're going to hit all of these themes in this phenomenal conversation, which really fits into the category of some of my favorite Work Smart Hypnosis podcast episodes, where in the matter of like maybe 40 minutes... Uh, we cover like seven or eight hours of content. This one's fast-paced. You're probably going to want to listen to it a couple of more times. And uh, great resources in terms of looking at growing your international brand of your business, thanks to social media and YouTube videos. The themes of, as I would say, being perfectly imperfect and being human because people want to do business with other people and looking at the nature of where other modalities may be viable, but where ours can also fill in a bit of a different gap. And it's about time after nearly six years of episodes of this podcast series, we finally have a Boy George story on the program. If that doesn't have you listening all the way to the end, I don't know what will. 
Uh, So I'd also recommend head over to the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com. That's where you can find links to the various resources that Carl mentions here in terms of his online programs, his training, his consulting, or simply working with him as a client, Uh, which having gone through some of Carl's material myself and doing a project with him a few years back, highly recommend it. Really good, usable information that you're going to put to use helping your clients too. And while you're online, check out Hypnotic Business Systems. This is where I've published the all-access pass to my entire hypnosis business training library. I'm the hypnosis business guinea pig. So rather than learning theory, rather than spending a lot of time and energy just simply learning armchair philosophy, this is a real deep dive into the strategies that I've used to build a massive global hypnotic business. So there's more than two dozen step-by-step business action plans which have already been vetted for you and tested to genuinely work for bringing in clients into your hypnosis business, whether it's active and in-person strategies, once that's allowed once again, whether it's online interaction through webinars, social media, uh, videos, websites, all of that stuff. And the key phrase is you don't have to do this stuff all by yourself. The thing that I'm perhaps the most proud of right now with hypnotic business systems, you have got to see the interaction that's happening inside of our private Facebook community, where here's someone who recently sold out an entire online weight loss hypnosis workshop right out of the gate, first time offering it, he sold that thing out right away, and congrats, Anthony, to that. Uh, Looking at someone who's taking their business to a global market by launching more products, and the cool thing is we're all there supporting. So it's not just me, you know, standing at the front of everybody going, look at how awesome I am and model what I did. No, it's all of us together because... The more that we're all successful, the more that we're all successful in this industry. So head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. You can see there's extended payment plans that are available. It's an all-access pass. Once you're paid in full, you are in for life for all future updates too. Uh, There's a campaign that I'm currently running for Virginia Hypnosis, which right now, on average, I am spending about $30 to $40 to buy a consultation, which I'm then, on average, bringing in a new client paying around $800 to $1,200. So I'm virtually printing money with that campaign, and I show you step-by-step what's actually working right now inside of Hypnotic Business Systems. But back to Carl, here we go. Let's jump into this content pack session, take some notes, model these techniques, put the stuff to use, get out there and be perfectly imperfect. Here we go, episode number 271. Buckle up, this one goes fast. Carl Smith on Direct Hypnosis. Hey, Carl, welcome back. Hello. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Wanted to have you back on because there's something that you and I had talked about a while ago about a direct model of hypnosis. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of intro the idea to everybody, kind of unpack that. What do you mean by that when you say a direct model of hypnosis? So... I floundered around when I was when I first started hypnosis about should I be an Ericksonian hypnosis? Should I be an Elmanian hypnotist? You know, so for those people who don't really understand, you know, do I want to go down the long path and ambiguity and telling stories, metaphorical stories, or do I want to go straight in and deal with the subconscious, unconscious brain wherever you are in the world? That 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 element there that that, that really drives this. And from my background of being ex-military and ex-police, 
I had quite an authoritarian approach anyway to the way that I, I worked. It's my background. I'm quite authoritarian with the way that I worked and in the police and dealing with people. And it just came out naturally that I became a direct hypnotist, as in direct suggestion, getting people into a into their amazing state, into a change, into their phenomena, whatever you want to call it, and then and then giving them the direct suggestions that that are pertinent that they needed at the time, instead of just chasing around. I spent years desperately trying to find out if I was an Ericksonian hypnotist. I appreciate that that Ericksonians work, Ericsson's work, I really do. But then I looked at Elman's work and like like we've done before, I've worked with Larry and Cheryl Elman before and, and I just like that approach, that direct approach of getting somebody into a beautiful state of hypnosis, getting them into a place that I know that I can then carry out the suggestion works and then basically, you know, just giving the direct suggestion to stop whatever it is going on there and then. Um, yeah. Well, let me branch off of something you mentioned earlier that there's something that kind of irks me at times, which is where people define themselves based on the model of work that they use. Mm. Because will there be moments in your work where you'll kind of vary away from that if you see that someone needs something a little bit more flexible? Massively, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I project myself as the, you know, the bish bash bosh and get in there and get done, but not everybody's like that. So you have to adjust. So for me, I've studied the Ericksonian. Well, I studied Igor's work actually. I've studied a lot of Milton's and other other people as well, John Overdurfs, many many other different people. I've studied that, so it, I do have that concept in the background. But I think because, and I, and I think you'll probably some of your viewers may get this as well, is that I have that as an ability, and I can draw. I can have that as a fallback. But people come to me because of my YouTube channel. People come to me because of my directness. I cut the fluff. And when I'm talking to people, I'm very direct. So when people watch my YouTube channel, they I get more clients from YouTube because I'm sitting there going, bang, I'm telling people there and then, this is what we're going to do. That's how we're going to do it. And if you do this, 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 and this, and a process, then my clients enjoy it. You know, and we talk about niching. We talk about niching about weight loss, this, and the other. I actually like to niche myself as a direct hypnotist, as in, I'm, if you come to me, whatever it is, we're going to get the work done. And that then allows those people who who do like slow, methodical work to go find a slow, methodical hypnotist. If you want direct, let's blow the doors off, that's me. And that's the way I, I, I project myself. And that's not because I'm putting it on as a show. That literally is me. I am very direct in the way that I do things. And if, you know, and I like to simplify things and to, and to show people that, how quick you can get change. I'm not saying all the time, but how quick you can get change with using it the right way. And that's why, you know, I, I, I discuss on a daily basis, on a daily basis, people talking about people with scripts and stuff like that. Look, I've got my own opinions about scripts and I prefer the direct content free approach let's put it that way i allow the subconscious unconscious to tell me what's going on so then i can deal with it directly yeah and there's something that's really cool to highlight inside of this which this often becomes a dialogue and trainings around well what's the cause of this what's triggering that and the best way to illustrate this point is years ago local hypnotist calls me up and he goes i'm working with this woman for what she calls a sugar addiction and we're working on that and she's not changing her behaviors. What do you think I should do? And I, of course, I can't answer the question because I don't know yet what he has done. So of course, well, what have you been doing so far? Yeah. And he goes, well, we're working on a series of events that happened when she was 15 years old, like nothing too traumatic, nothing abusive, yet she can't forgive her father. She's not willing to forgive her father mm -hmm. for something that happened when she was 15. What yeah. do you think I should do? And my response had to be, 
why don't you work with her on the sugar thing? That's what she hired you for. Yeah. And she, he goes, do you think that'll work? I go, it seems like the most logical route. So to, to look at the process of hypnosis, I want to have this dialogue because as we begin with that direct nature, and I love you the, the modification you made earlier, that we can produce quick results with that format. Sometimes we may need other tools and other yeah. strategies, to, but, but to begin first and foremost, this is what I drill down to my students, start with what the client is asking for. Yeah. Rather than, oh, it's usually this, or maybe it's that, mm. go for that direct model first. Yeah, so I, I tend to go for that and then find out what, what may pop up afterwards. So if we're, I always work on the premise that the issue is never the issue. So if a client walks in and tells me they've got this, 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 and this, this, then I tend to tend to always look for that first, deal with that first, what they've told me first but then look for what the underlying issue is thereafter. I don't then go, I don't go straight into like a regression to cause or anything like that. I won't, I won't, you know, go digging around in the past. I, I want to go find out what's really triggering this. And, you know, if it's sugar addiction, alcohol addictions or, 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 you know, low self-esteem and confidence and stuff like that, then I'll deal with that there and then, but then I'll uncover what, what it is and then deal. Yeah, with so in it. terms of that uncovering, like how do you typically go about that route? So, I teach a method called emotional de detox, an emotional detox technique. Now, it's nothing spectacular. It's nothing new. But however, I think if if you utilize it at the very early stages of the, the session, long story short, it's, it's if you, Jason, put the, put, I'll give you, I'll send you a link later on. You can put that in this video. Oh, the, yeah, absolutely. The emotional detox is about allowing, getting this client into their state of hypnosis into their phenomena, whatever we want to call it this way, getting them into that state and then asking the subconscious, unconscious, and I keep saying subconscious, unconscious, because whatever continent we're working in, it differs. So uh, the subconscious, unconscious, we get the subconscious, unconscious to let go of any images, feelings, thoughts, emotions that have held them back over the past few weeks, the past few months, the past few years. So what I do is, is I'm just saying to the subconscious, instead of being very prescriptive, I'm saying let go now of any images, any feelings, any thoughts, any emotions that have held you back over the past few weeks, the past few months, the past few years. Then with confidence in my abilities and, and just sitting back, I would just sit back and not say anything. Funny enough, and, and most viewers that know me on this will find this really odd, is that I hardly talk in my sessions. Now, that... <laughs> as we've already covered 30 minutes of content in the first seven and a half minutes <laughs> yeah. so, the, so the thing what i do is is i i get them in i do the sorry do the pre-talk then i do the induction i do the deepener then on the suggestion phase i ask them to let go of any images feelings thoughts emotions anything that's been holding them back from a little over the past few weeks the past few months past few years and i just sit back then what happens is, is that I then calibrate with the client. What I'm doing is sitting there watching. I'm watching for twitches, movements. I'm watching for all those idiomatic responses. I'm watching for emotions that may be popping up, any facial, any nonverbal communications, anything like that. I'm watching the whole physical part of the, the person and watching them emotively just rise in the chair, move in the chair, twitching the chair, whatever they're doing. Then encourage that to keep going on. And I, I, my, a lot of my work is fundamentally based on this on this part here. And then I just let all the images, feelings, thoughts, emotions. When I when I think or there is something that happens and I and I want and I need to calibrate even further, what I'll ask the do the client to do is when they're ready and only when they're ready, open their eyes. So I could have a client in and out, in and out, and as we know as fractionation, in and out, in and out during a session, maybe four or five times. But on each time during that letting go of any images, feelings, thoughts, emotions, I calibrate with the client and find out were there any images, were there any feelings, were there any thoughts, and were there any emotions. And 
the key thing is, is that by leaving it so ambiguous like that, is that I would say 90% of my clients come out with, well, bloody hell, I've not seen that for years. Or bloody hell, was that really there? Or because I've not gone in and gone, oh, you've told me it's anxiety and gone, got a script out and gone bash, bash, bash. I've just gone in and said, right, what I want you to do is just let go of all these images, feelings, thoughts, emotions that have held you back over the past few weeks, past few months, past few years, and let them go and allow that then to just bring up what may be under the surface and just allow it to come up. And I always... It's so hard to try and do this in a in short space of time. I, I, <laughs> I always imagine, and I always teach post-trauma like this, that post-trauma post trauma is accumulated stress factors. I specialize in post-trauma. I love working with post-trauma. That's the only thing I do. I do, sorry, I say anything. I do bits and bobs, but I mean, predominantly I love post-trauma. I see post-trauma as like a big pressure cooker. And what happens is you've got the heat of life underneath a pressure cooker and then that little bit of war, which is our fight, flight, freeze response. We add the heat of life and then that expands and it makes the pressure cooker build and build and build and build until eventually it goes bang. That's where post-trauma is, in my opinion. The accumulation of stress factors just building and building and building. So with that, that idea that I just said there about the emotional detox, letting go of any images, feelings, thoughts, emotions, what that does do is it allows that pressure cooker to subside by allowing it just to lift that valve off the top. For those people who like metaphorical stories around it, those that we love them with now. Which to highlight something out of that, what's cool about that is the metaphor is that if we're looking at the regressed cause model, it's putting the entire premise that one specific event is causing everything when really it's the cumulative of everything and rather than go targeted one event after another after another after another i I always go back to right out of the the work of dr john hartland and his ego strengthening work the phrase that as a result of this deep hypnotic process you are now going to find yourself and so forth which that little bit of a pivot which i think episode number four of this podcast series was all about the ego strengthening. The beauty of that little pivot is it's basically setting that sort of paramount suggestion that because you're now hypnotized, here's the results you're going to experience, Mm -hmm. which is that simplest of a transition, which from your process so far, from the pre-talk into the induction to a few deepeners and a bit of phenomenon, now go ahead and allow yourself to release any of the images and feelings that are related to this. That because we've now accomplished those steps, we can now accomplish this next step, that directly. Yeah. And the the key thing is, is that what that allows, when they come back and I calibrate them, the the reactions are are outstanding. They really are. And it's just just sitting back, watching what they're doing. And then what we can do is find out what the pertinent things are. And like I said a minute ago, Post-trauma is not about one event. When I when I had post-trauma, and I like to point out I had post-trauma, I don't have it anymore, I got rid of it, but you don't own post-trauma, it's just a phase that you go through. The thing is, is that with the with with what happened with me is, is that when I was in the military, I saw some horrific stuff. I mean, I'd seen the Bosnias, the Kosovo's, I'd seen the Iraqs, I'd seen the Northern Islands, I'd seen some of the worst atrocities that humans have ever done to each other. And the only way that the British Army ever dealt with that was by giving us crates of lager, which at the time was very nice. But that was the only way you did it. You didn't, they didn't, they didn't go, would you like to go see a counsellor? Would you like to go speak to somebody? They'd go, it's a crate of lager, let's get on with it. And we were out again in a little while. So you compressed it. You compressed all of that negative energy, those, those images, those feelings, those thoughts, those things that happened. While it, and then what happened is, is I left the army, then joined the police. I then had a career of, you know, just police work, natural, you know, normal everyday police work. But then when I got run over by the drink driver in 2006, which is another story, that was the catalyst 
that was where the valve really got ripped off. Like my pressure cooker had got so built up and built up and built up that literally that last moment, that last catalyst was that last bit there, that getting run over, my, my subconscious, unconscious going, you can't do this anymore. You're not doing mm-hmm. this anymore. And that's where it then started to become all of the, the nightmares, the, the, you know, the hot sweats, the drinking, the, uh, the drug abuse and all that type of stuff that came into my life because my body was trying to find mechanisms. But I couldn't release it. In, when I went to counselling about three, four months after the car accident, I was run over by a DUI, by the way, for those that are in the States listening to this. So, so I was run over by a DUI twice in one sitting. The problem that I had with counselling is it, it, was, it was superficial. That's not to say that counselling doesn't have a place. Cognitive behavioural therapy that has a place in life but all it did was make me worse that's why i nicknamed it cognitive behavioral torture because all it did was make me that made me just keep burning my you always tell the same story over yeah. and over which i always i always look at the evolutionary mindset of things to go these are things that are still around because for some of the people some of the time that works extremely well for them yeah. and when it, this is something that who was it james hazelrig had a great phrase around this a while ago that someone in a workshop that we taught together goes oh yeah but there's this counselor in the area and i get referrals from the people that that service did, that technique didn't help and yeah. james's first response was to go the people it did work for didn't call you yeah i'm like oh that's so good yeah. <laughs> good like that i do like james mind you james, james james if james is listening to this he's still wanted for war crimes for a chili sauce that he got me from texas anyway <laughs> but no but i think with 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 counseling cbt and anything else i've tried they were very superficial because they were you know they were just playing around on the outside and that's not to say that any of those don't work they they work for whoever you know may take it but that's where hypnosis this is where my love for hypnosis came in because when i was hypnotized it was with a direct hypnotist before i knew who errol elman was who i what i even knew somnambulism was who erickson was or any of that before i knew any of this you know not and, and it was a direct hypnotist that did it and i was like well how the bloody hell did you do that so quickly how did you get rid of all of that weight that burden that tension that pressure that was in my body how did you get rid of it by doing that and he went i just did this and that was where my intrigue and my love came from. That's where my passion comes for it, especially with direct hypnosis, as in sit down, you know, it is it's that old sit down, shut up, and let's go for it. But I don't want to sound as, as crass and as rude like that, but it is yeah. just sit down, tell me what you think it is, and then let me find out what your subconscious unconscious wants to tell us. And that's the way I work. And, and I, well, think- I mean, to bring a, to bring a correlation out of that, it's where in, in business and sales, there's some schools of thought that would teach, oh, sit down with the potential client, have them on the phone for upwards of 30 or 40 minutes. This builds a bond with them. This gets them mm-hmm. to feel comfortable with you. And then you finally talk about business. And that's a bit of an older model of, of looking at things. Yeah. When I found, you know, to answer the phone and just simply say, here's how we're going to have this conversation. You're going to tell me what's been going on and what you'd like to change. I'll explain to you a bit more of what I do. And if I feel I can help you out, I'll tell you how we can get started. Yeah. Make sense. And and really by asking that question, it it is an opening frame that then sets the map of that conversation, but it gives me permission just to directly say either. Yes, I think I can help you or no, here's a recommendation of something else to follow, but then to make that offer. So I actually can build rapport even faster by going for that direct sale because, well, they are calling a business. But even to highlight back to something you mentioned earlier in this conversation, the fact that they've seen you on YouTube, 
Yes. The fact that they've already interacted with you, yeah. that is working as a bit of appropriate, let's call it exclusion, because there is going to be someone who that's not going to be a fit for, yeah. and they are now deselecting themselves and informing their search even better to eventually find something that they feel will be a match for them. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I find that with my channel. And the, the reason I, the reason I, I, I keep updated is because it, it brings the clients that, that, like you mentioned, that I want to work with and they want to work with me. So it just narrows that whole thing down for me. It's brilliant because, you know, for anyone who's listening to this, if you haven't got a YouTube channel, my strong opinion is that you should have a YouTube channel. You should be people by people. Yes. So, well, like People by people. They don't buy certificates. They don't buy... Uh, sorry, well, they buy for the certificates, but they, they, they're not buying the technique per se. They're buying the delivery and the person that's delivering it. That's what they're looking yeah. for. Well, in, that- 2000, in 2020, in the 21st century, a website is a platform to show videos and build rapport through the screen. And yeah. to have those same videos on any other channel that's possibly out there, whether it's YouTube, whether it's whatever else, Facebook Live, any yeah. of that, yeah. build rapport. Yeah, and that's the thing you see. And I mean, some of the hate stuff I get. I mean, you, you know, you, you probably get it as well, Jason. You're one. You know, you're we're chalk and cheese. But on the same token, you probably get people that disagree with you about the way that you're operating, the way you're working. But my job's not to appease everybody. My mm. job appease my tribe, the ones who like the way that I work. There are people out there that absolutely despise the way I work. That's brilliant. You're not my client. You're not my person. <laughs> I don't care. Off your title. You know, thanks very much. As long as you're not rude and you just go, well, it's not for me, Carl, that's fair dues. But if you're rude, then b- bugger off. I'm not interested. And that's the key thing about it. <laughs> and But but it is, and it, it gives you the, the clients who really, really do want you. And those people who say, right, sit me down, find out what it is quickly, and then get rid of it. That's why I like doing direct direct hypnosis and, and being somebody who was at the back end of it as well, as, a, as in it changed my life, direct hypnosis. I mean, I've had... I've had Ericksonian type hypnosis done on me before, and I'll be brutally honest, it doesn't really float my boat as a person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't float me. But if I'm having it as a therapy or somebody's doing it on me, it doesn't really register with me, whereas that direct approach really does register with me. And it registers with my clients and it registers with the people who, who like it as well. It delineates, it just, you know, it's just something different. I mean, Ericsson and, and Elman, they were constantly at each other's throats about this subject years ago, you know, so. Where are we? 60 years down the line and we're still talking about it today. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, again, to see how we can have this dialogue of one technique versus the other, but this is something that's even helpful for us that, you know, you've mentioned being the client of hypnosis. I've been the client of hypnosis and to go into that experience with someone who I worked with years ago by just simply saying, hey, look, here's what I best respond to. You know, mm-hmm. use this style of technique to get me into hypnosis. Here's the best way to deepen me. Inside of it, there's a reason I came to you because I firmly believe you're skilled at what you do and you could help me. Yet I don't respond well. And this is not to put down any technique. My my whole hy- hypnosis philosophy is that all of these techniques are good. It's only a matter of how and when and where they're used. Yeah. So here's all the research around progressive muscle relaxation, and I will use that with a client when I see that's the right fit. Yeah. I may dip into a regress to cause model if you are giving me the metaphors in your language that tell me that's meaningful to you, yeah. and I'm going to give you that experience. But for the most part, just like you, I'm going to begin as the mechanic. Yeah. And maybe towards the end of the session, then I'll kind of dip more into the metaphor and storytelling to kind of let you come up with your own resources along the way. But I found, again, beginning with that direct model, in most cases, that comes down to listening to the client. What is it you want? 
what's that story you want to be telling a month from now that's going to validate this worked for you? Yeah. And that gives me the roadmap for just about everything I'm about to do with that client. So it, this is one that I always work on as well as people get themselves really caught up in techniques. Oh, I've done this technique. And they put the certificate on their wall. And, yeah, I've done that. Set. Yeah, it's brilliant. That's all well and good. And they, they, get, they get rows and rows of certificates. And they're sitting there like that chatting away. But I still find that it's the delivery. It's the mm. personality of the therapist, not the certificates on the wall that get the results. I firmly believe that you're comp- you know, you can have all these certificates, but if you don't understand the mechanics and you don't understand, you know, belief in your own abilities, intent in your work and confidence, if you don't believe, you know, belief, intent and confidence in your work or don't have it, then you're not going to deliver. You can have everything you've got on the bloody wall, it ain't going to bloody work. You've got to believe in it. You've got to have the intent. You've got to have the confidence. You know, I've hypnotized thousands of bloody people now. And for me, it's just like, you know, when people walk in, it's if I walk into a room, people know something's going to happen. <laughs> and that's it. You know, that's the way. But you that, had, I'm trying to remember, I think this was like a year and a half ago when I came out and did a class with you that you had a story of it's like a BNI or a business networking group or something of that nature where rather than get up and talk about what you do, you just got up and did a demo. Can, yeah, can you tell that story? Yeah, I did a Maggie Fingers. So I went to what's called BNI, Business Network International, I think it's. I yeah. think you have it in the States. I've, I've seen it over in the States. Mm-hmm. We got BNI and you get like five, 10 minute presentations and stuff like that. And my 10, pres- 10 minute presentation, I just stood at the front and just literally just uh, said, right, everybody, right, you ready? Right, so hypnosis, hypnosis, hypnosis. So I've got my pre-talk going already, hypnosis. Hypnosis is a lovely state of this hypnosis. Everyone ready? For, so I'm, I'm getting everybody into a yes state already. And there's people nodding away and they're doing, I'm thinking, yeah, this is going to be a cream. And then uh, I literally went, right, Maggie fingers. Hands out in front of you, clasp your hands together, put your fingers out and, turn, and then just went through the whole magnetic fingers induction. And literally just crashed a load of them at the BNI conference, and they were, they were like that, you know. And anyway, so I didn't use it in any other odd way, but yes, yes, I did. <laughs> but I will do. I'll use. I'm a hypnotist, and I know we're doing a podcast, but I'm wearing a hypnotist T-shirt right now. My job. I'm a walking, talking billboard. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a walking, talking billboard that can show people, and you know, anyone who knows me knows I'm an opportunist, and that's what I love teaching. I love people, people to do it, and you know, and I think you remember, Jason, about two years ago when um, I did the work with Boy George at the, I missed the bowling, Scott, Scott will be upset about this, Hypno Thoughts. I missed, the, I missed the bowling because I was at the pool at Hypno Thoughts Live and chatting away to a guy and he had a migraine and I cleared the migraine within minutes and it was Boy George's at a culture club for those people who remember it. I, I vaguely remember it. I'm, I don't think I'm old enough to remember culture club. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. It was Boy George's Sandman, and the long story short is they were over the moon that I'd cleared his migraine because they were desperately trying to find a new sound guy that could do the gig at the New Orleans Hotel, or the Orleans Hotel, sorry, not New Orleans, the Orleans Hotel in Las Vegas. And because I'd cleared his head, they didn't have to find another engineer, and they got me free tickets. Myself, Beryl Comar, Shah, who else? There was a load of other people there as well. We all ended up going back, st- uh, watching you know, the whole show with Culture Club and then going backstage with Culture Club and then going to LA with Culture Club and then going to Reykjavik with them. And I've traveled the world just because of opportunity. I was, I took the opportunity there and then to just demonstrate hypnosis quite quickly, that direct approach of, right, if, if that's that and that's that, using modalities to, to clear the headache. And it, they were over the moon with me and they just employed me and I still get clients from that to this day. And, nice. uh, you know, just a direct form of, you know, just a direct form really. Well, it's what you just said about that that confidence going into it. That one of one of the filters that I've put on any bit of training that I look through, look at. I go to a workshop. I see someone presenting, 
and it's to ask that question, what else is going on underneath this? You know, so yes, here's the steps of the technique, and that's being presented in a specific way that here's what this is going to accomplish. But to look at it's the confidence of the operator, it's the rapport within the space, and it's also this slightly, you know, esoteric expectation of just I'm going into it with that idea, this is going to work. This is what's going to happen. And if it doesn't, it's just a pivot point to then move into something else that, you know, there's no, it's the metaphor that I live by of the hammer. You can't go buy a hammer and save the receipt and, you know, go back the next day and go, can I return this? It doesn't work. <laughs> that it's only as good as the hammers actually put it yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. So to use the right technique at the right time and just seize that opportunity, you know, a client comes into the space and they suddenly say something and, we realize that our clients are often speaking in techniques and rather than going, okay, no, but I've got another five minutes of the intake because of my office form that I use. Then I have to give my pre-talk. Oh, what does that feel like? Okay, good. Close your eyes. Mm. Just jump in right away. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's all the direct form, isn't it? But what I was going to say is, is I, I really do love, I, I do love the direct approach and it's, you know, it's just, I think you have, you have to have that confidence. You have to have that belief in yourself to just go do it. But it's the same as anything, isn't it? Do something now, but perfect it later. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Just crash into it, do it and have a crack at it. You know, at the end of the day, and like you were just saying, you've just got to go for it. You've just got to get into the mode. You've just got to go on and just do it yourself and make mistakes. I mean, you, like me and you, we've made mistakes all day long. There's people here that are trying to find their feet and do stuff, but it's, you've just got to go make mistakes. That's the way you've got to do it. You've just got to start now, perfect it later. And that's the way I always look at things. And the same as with direct hypnosis. People shy away from it because they're so script-led and they, they hold on to a piece of paper. They're desperately holding on to it. Throw the bloody bit of paper away, the creativity. You're a hypnotist, you know, hypnotherapist. You've got, you you work with creativity, you know. There, there's an online class that I'm teaching right now. There's a segment that I just did on Wednesday last week, which was that when I first started, Here's what I did to prepare for my sessions. And I'm going to give you the recommendation of what I would tell you instead. So, you know, scripts may be our training wheels. It's a cool place to learn language patterns and see how it fits together. Look at the script as if it were an outline or just a template as to what the individual steps were. This is why I like teaching a Dave Elman induction early on, because it, yes, it's a training in that specific method. But the real benefit is it trains the new student to look at the entire experience of hypnosis as a process. That once I've done this, now I can do this. Once I've done that, now I can do that. So I went through this entire lecture around how I had these flexible documents. I had crafted some outlines. I had like a bullet point list of all the themes you could talk to somebody about quit smoking. Okay, mm -hmm. and now that you've prepared, right before the client shows up, hide all of that crap. You don't need it. <laughs> ask them the questions because you've been reviewing it. It's there stored in your mind yeah. and just be in the moment. And it, it kind of goes back to what you said earlier, which I found this is a huge fear point for people out there. I even run into this in folks in my business community that the YouTube video, just turn the camera on, tell a story, yeah. interact with that audience. Yeah. In fact, if you look at the history of the videos that are on the Virginia hypnosis website, my local practice, it used to be blue shirt, purple tie, professional video. And now I just turn the camera on and tell some stories. Yeah. And it's just me talking to you. And that is performing better than anything else. And yeah. people respond to that. I call it perfectly imperfect. Yeah. That you you didn't say the word right. You said something that sounded odd. Then you fixed it. You made fun of yourself in this yeah. moment just to connect with that audience and be human.
Yeah. I used to I used to worry about that, but it was David Schneider's fault this. I used to sit there and go, edit in, I used to do lots of stuff and I'd be like and I'd be like trying to get the sound right. Well, the sound's really important. Anyone yeah. who's come out and work, the sound is vital. Always just on a tangent, if you're making a product, if the sound is great but the video quality is crap, people will listen. If the video quality is great but the sound's crap, they'll turn off straight away. Right, yeah. They'll just turn off. But the key thing is, is that, yeah, with most of my stuff, I just throw a camera. I'm in the studio now. I just throw the camera on and stick a T-shirt on and start rambling away. And some people say, well, you need to script it, Carl. No, because that's me. You know, people like that. They like people being humans. And I think that's the way, you know, that I bridge across that I'm just a normal guy that's that does something and and I do it well. And and at the end of the day, this is what we, what how I do it and the way I do it and the way that I perceive it, you know. My way is completely and utterly different to James Tripp. You know, James Tripp is a very talented hypnotist, and I really do admire him. I like, you know, and we, we see him at Hypno Thoughts all the time. But we're talking cheese, and that's because of personality, you know. And he 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 comes across and does his ambiguity, does his the way he does things, and he's got his own thing there. That's brilliant. But I've got my way, and I prefer working my way, and it's as simple as that. And but you know, you've just got to you, coming back to it. You've got to you've got to figure out who you want to be, and a lot right. of people. And, and a lot of people as well, they want to desperately be Milton. They desperately want to be Dave Ellman. They're never going to be that. You're never going to be it because, unfortunately, God bless them, they're, they're not no longer with us and they are individuals. You can only mimic and, and mirror what they've been up to and, and go from there, really, and make make your own career out of what you're doing, to be quite honest. Yeah. So we, we just wrapped up a series of doing 10 episodes specifically on online hypnosis. And since we're still in the midst of all of this, I'd love to just spend a few moments that I want to highlight something that you are doing, which I'm sure is directing people into it, that if we want to book more clients online, which the benefit is now we have a global market. We're not just limited to local for many people that have just been working local. Yeah. And my best advice is train your audience to interact with you in the format in which you'll actually be working with them. So the more video that you have online, the more they're being entrained to interact with you in video, it's an yeah. easy pivot to then go, now it's interactive, now it's in real time. And any tips on other than like video quality and sound, that sort of things, do, do you run your online sessions any differently than in person? No. Yeah, there you go, that was great. So, sorry. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. I, my sessions are in some respects they're, they're quite formatted in my head the way that i do it and they're, they're no different there is no difference in a lot of people say to me how do you test for hypnosis i think i'm at a stage in my career now where i can just look and go yeah i don't need to do any testing i don't need to do any convincing because yeah. i've got it i know it and it comes with time i'm look I, i'm trying to learn the guitar trying i am learning the guitar at the moment and i've only been doing it for 12 weeks but it's the same as that, you know, that, you know, you have to, you have to just literally just take it stage by stage and learn and feel for it and look for it. And it's like now, whereas 12 weeks ago, I was looking at my fingers consistently and trying to find out if they're on the right place. Now I'm getting to gauge it where I know where my hands roughly are and I'm getting, I'm still making boo-boos, but on the same token, I'm still getting it done. It's the same as in hypnosis, same mm -hmm. as anything you learn. You, you have to, you have to just sit there and just memorize it, get muscle memory in what you're doing. And eventually I just now, we're on hypnosis i know if i've got hypnosis via zoom and there's nothing different i do the same thing again images feelings thoughts emotions let that come out and then i deal with whatever comes out the fallout from that is and then make sure that that we've dealt with what they initially came for in the first place as well 
outstanding like calibration you have to calibrate calibrate is the huge thing that most people miss out on unless you know they miss out on calibration and i think so that- true story and just to get an elaboration on it eight days ago i used that c word as well in an event calibration and i had one person going wait what is that which is just simply being in the mode with someone being in sync with them general yeah. rapport and looking at i i look at the mild psychological influence that's inside of every bit of communication, even oh, yeah. if it's selling a product, even if it's deciding what you're going to have for dinner that night or what you're going to watch on TV. Yeah. So how, how would you define that calibration for those that that word is new to? Ca- calibration to me is, well, it's, it's, it's what you say. I mean, a lot of people say about building rapport, mirror match and all this type of stuff. No, it's not. It's about being a human with a human, mm-hmm. about watching that human Watching the way that they their demeanor changes, the way their body changes, the way that they move, they twitch, they speak, their tonality and stuff like that, and about listening to the way they do it, and if they emphasize certain words, and about the the body language that they give off, and it's the same as when you see clients that start to shake or or maybe just you can see that their emotions blocked or stopped or it won't do. Just watching out for those little things there about you know, just nurturing the session as you're watching their physical and the, the physiological changes within their body and just being in tune with the person. That might sound wacky and it's not meant to be like some unicorn statement. That's not meant to be like a <laughs> unicorn stroking statement. It's not. It's meant to be you're in tune with the person there and then. You're in time with that person and and you're watching what's going on and then you can gauge what way you can go next. Do I need to do something that's quite very impactive now like let it go let it go I'm I am I'm like that all the time if I see somebody and if some of your clients may see this as well is that you see them start to shake or there's something and it looks like it's stuck I'll be there going let it go let it go let it go let it go now and then I'll be just sitting there and sometimes I think hang on I'll just sit back and that's it just let it go just let it go but sometimes I will up the ante on my tonality and my voice just to do it some people see it as bullying my clients see it as fun and they they get results and that's the key thing about it. It's about knowing when to switch on and off. And by watching the person, you can then gauge where to then go with it. Which is a great point about being willing to play with the tonality and play with not just the emotion that they've brought into the process, mm. but the emotion of the change experience where I'll very frequently get into a sequence with people around, okay, now try to bring back that old feeling. No, really. I mean, you've just dropped $1,500 to get rid of this fear. I need to see that fear so we can get rid of it come on, bring it back up. And they're now cracking up at the delivery of it because they can't based on the work that we've just done. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That, that willingness to throw into the process. Last week's podcast episode, I did a whole thing on just priming the client through convincers and the formula just of, I can give an instruction and you can follow the instruction. And by doing that, it produces a result. And that's that cycle of calibration I see yeah, over yeah. and over. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome having you back on here once again. Carl, where can people check you out online? How can they learn more? Well, if you go to UK Hypnosis Academy, www.ukhypnosisacademy.com, you can get me for training and stuff that way. You can also, if you go to my YouTube channel, that's UK Hypnosis Academy. And if you, anyone who wants to private work is Carl Smith Hypnotherapy, really, but predominantly my work's in the training world. So if you, if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, I'm putting a video up. I was every day. And then all of a sudden I just realized I'm just going to drop off really because uh, I was hammering it, <laughs> hammering YouTube. Yeah. I put a video up every other couple of days now just to help people out all the way from fundamental basics, working with post-trauma, a little bit of business on there as well to help people out with their businesses, get them, get them fired up that way. And you know, you know, so that way, so just have a look for UK Hypnosis Academy. Cool. Any final thoughts for the listeners out there? No, I mean, I just want people to 
to be creative. I, I like I like to see I like to develop creativity with people. I like to watch them, you know, be in tune. And it comes back to that calibration about being in that moment with a person. And you know, and there's people on here that are script orientated and will not change. And I like to watch therapists come away from that. Take the stabilizers off your bike. Drop the stabilizers and go and go run around and hit a couple of posts on the way through and come off the couple of times. But but the thing is, is that I like I like to see people being creative. I like to see therapists working and being in tune and 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 believe in yourself. That's the key thing. So just go out there and believe in yourself. Believe in what you've done already and, and go out and make a difference. People by people is my last thing. People by people. Remember that. Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for sharing it on your social media streams, and being one of those several dozen people around the world who have left reviews for this process, this program online. Once again, check out the show notes associated with this episode, number 271 with Carl Smith, to check out Carl's programs online or reach out to him in person and subscribe to his YouTube channel. And once again, check out Hypnotic Business Systems. There's no need to reinvent the wheel and save yourself a whole lot of time, energy, and definitely money by modeling the systems that actually work. Just to highlight one more module inside of there, the new module that we just put in a couple of months ago on search engine optimization, where you're going to learn exactly how I've got my websites to the top of the search engines. And even better, the catchphrase of that section is that guessing sucks. Because here's the thing, if you can use the words that your clients are already looking for, it's going to be even easier for them to find you. And so what have I done? I pulled the top 1,000 organic search terms ranked in order of search that people were using to land on my Virginia Hypnosis website. And I just published the entire thing for the members inside of Hypnotic Business Systems. That one section right there is an entire business plan from start to finish. That's going to inform what you name your videos on YouTube. That's going to tell you what to name your products, what to name your websites. Guessing sucks, so model what works. Check that out. Get instant access. HypnoticBusinessSystems.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com. <laughs>